Good morning. My name is Miles. This morning, our scripture reading is from the Gospel of Mark. Please follow along in your Bible or use the screens. I'll be reading Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52 from the New International Version. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you for that, Miles. Good morning. My name is Ben Steele. I'm the guest preacher for the morning. Um, And as a church, you know that we've been going throughout Mark's gospel for the past several weeks, particularly focusing on the miracles found in Mark. Um, I've I've come to appreciate the fact that the church as a whole has taken time to, to read and learn from the book of Mark because as a whole, I feel like Mark is the gospel that gets maybe the least amount of attention. Mark is the the, the lesser known of the Gospels, you know. If the Gospels were the Beatles, and I think some people think that they are, um, that Mark would probably be George, you know, the quiet one, the one in the background. He's not as kind of unique or esoteric as, as John is, either the Gospel writer or John Lennon. Um, he may not be as prolific or well-known as, as Paul McCartney and Luke, who, who wrote the Gospel and Acts. Um, may not even be as foundational, some might see, as, as Ringo's drums were to Matthew's Christmas story. But nevertheless, Mark here uh, is a very condensed gospel. He kind of streamlines his gospel. And in many ways, Mark does, he, he takes the approach that less is more. And so, uh, similarly, I'm going to take a less is more approach this morning to my sermon um, Regardless, though, Mark's themes of, of uh, Jesus' life and his journey towards the cross, towards Jerusalem, towards death and resurrection, those become evident very early on in the gospel, and they are, they are woven throughout his short 16 chapters. So this morning, I have the privilege of focusing on the last miracle that Jesus performs in the Gospel of Mark before he enters Jerusalem, before he starts going to his impending death and resurrection. That's found in Mark chapter 10. Uh, a man named Bartimaeus, a blind man, is healed by Jesus just outside of, of Jericho. Now, uh, Mark, doing more with less, intentionally places his stories and his position of Jesus to bring about greater theological understanding. If we were to read this story of Bartimaeus being healed, we may be led down a path of misinterpreting what Mark intended initially. 
So we see here in, in, in chapter 10 that this man, Bartimaeus, who is blind outside of Jericho, is crying out to Jesus, shouting out, making a, a theological claim, calling him the son of David, that he's the rightful king of Israel. And as a result, Jesus takes notice, calls him and heals him. And, and Jesus says, your faith has healed you. Now, if we were to read that, on its own, without the greater context of Mark, one, one easy conclusion would be that faith heals you. That's clearly the case for Bartimaeus. I'm not going to deny that. But I wonder if sometimes by focusing so much on the, on the minute details, the minutia of a story, when we forget the greater surrounding, some questions start to raise up that may be difficult to answer. We, we lose the forest for the trees, if you will. And so the question is, if faith healed Bartimaeus, can we expect faith to heal us similarly in a physical sense? Is that something we can expect or count on? Certainly Bartimaeus is healed. But I wonder how many of us have had similar faith and yet not experienced healing. How many of us have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and yet still feel like we have not been healed of a physical ailment, a spiritual malaise or depression, an intellectual roadblock? So the question is, is somehow Bartimaeus' faith better than ours? If you haven't experienced that healing, is his faith somehow more or greater or more potent than yours? Is the faith that you have really just surface or shallow? Is it cosmetic? Is it not really deep? Do you not truly believe? If we were to read the story on its own, those may be difficult questions for us to address. But I think Mark places this story within the greater context, not only of his gospel, but what is called an inclusio, a section of stories starting back in chapter 8 that actually help us understand this section better. Mark, as I said, places his stories in a series of events as Jesus uh, experienced them and taught. And likewise, with a good writer who writes a series of novels, whether they be Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or whatever else, or, or a, a good TV show or series, you always read the later novels, the later portions, in light of what's come before, don't you? You surely can pick up book six and just start reading book six, but without the context of books one through five, you're going to miss out on a lot of it. Likewise, if we just spend time just in chapter 10 here, we might miss out on what Mark had brought before. So that being said, we're going to jump back into chapter 8. If you have your Bible, you can turn back to chapter 8 just to kind of peruse. If you're using your phone as a Bible, then you can click back or do whatever you do. I don't know. I still have a flip phone, but um, you all look like a smart group. You can figure it out. Um, so this inclusio, this section of, of Scripture, this portion of Scripture, which addresses faith as a whole in Mark's gospel, actually begins with this, the feeding of Jesus' 4,000. He's with a group, a, a large crowd. They don't have any food. He brings, somebody brings some bread and a few fish, and, 
and he breaks them and miraculously expands the food so that 4,000 can eat. Mark writes that, go- that, that story in his gospel, and right after that, the, uh, the disciples and Jesus leave, and the disciples begin to argue and bicker over about not bringing any bread. Mark's a, a, a crafty writer, and, and he does this uh, with a lot of intent for irony and humor. Jesus had just fed 4,000 people, and now his disciples, the men who are closest to Jesus, are panicking and arguing about not having any food. After just watching Jesus literally miraculously create a bunch of food. And Jesus asks these very poignant questions to his disciples. I imagine maybe Jesus even, you know, putting the palm on the forehead, uh, maybe shaking his head. I don't know what his body and posture was like. But watching his disciples argue about this food and the lack thereof, he says, do you not see? Do you not understand? Do you not understand who I am, what I can do, why I came And it's after these questions about not seeing and not understanding that the story of another blind man is told in Mark. In this case, not of Bartimaeus, but of another man, unnamed, who is outside of the town and actually needs a second touch from Jesus. Jesus puts his hand uh, over the man's eyes and heals him. The man's eyes are open, but he says people are walking around like trees, some kind of weird uh, partial healing. And so Jesus touches him again, and his eyes are able to, to be completely open. He's be able to completely see. It's no accident that this story of a blind man comes right after his own disciples. Jesus' own disciples seem to have an apparent blindness or myopic vision of who Jesus is. Throughout, God, throughout Mark's gospel, he continues to challenge his audience and us as readers as the assumptions of who's really in, who really understands, and who's out, who's outside, who doesn't get it. Now, it'd be, it would be assumed and that the religious leaders, they would be the kinds of people who would be in. Those would be the kind of people who, who would get it because they've been studying the scriptures, pouring over the, the Old Testament, understanding the mission that the Messiah would have when he came. And yet they seem to be in the dark. Similarly, Jesus' disciples, the very people that Jesus seems to handpick to carry on his mission, to start the church, to preach his gospel and his story, those people who are supposed to get it the most and closest to him, spending the most amount of time with him, they spend their time arguing about bread. And after this man in in chapter 8 is healed, we see in chapter 9 that they start arguing about who's the greatest. Who's better than who? Who's got more power? Who should be more well-known? Time and time again, the people who are supposed to have gotten it, the people who are supposed to be on the inside, the people who are supposed to be following Jesus the most faithfully are the ones who don't really see, don't really understand. And yet we see people like this man born, this man who is blind. We see Gentiles. We see people who are demon-possessed. We see all kinds of people who seem to be on the outside, people outside of the kingdom of God. And yet they're the ones who are transformed into true followers of Christ. So we have this man, and he's born blind. Or excuse me, actually, he's not born blind. He's, uh, he's blind. And we're going to do a little compare and contrast here in chapter 8 and chapter 10 between 
the man Bartimaeus who is blind, and this man who is unnamed in chapter 8 who is blind. So in chapter 8, we see that after Jesus asks his disciples, do you not see, do you not understand? They're outside of this village, and a man is brought to Jesus. doesn't say by whom, but he's brought to Jesus, and he's healed. In, in chapter 10, Bartimaeus is within a crowd. So we have one story where a man is essentially secluded outside of the public eye. In chapter 10, we see Bartimaeus, and he is right in the thick of the crowd, shouting over the rest of the people following Jesus, trying to get attention. At this point, Jesus, in chapter 10, has made it through Jericho, and he's on his way to Jerusalem. We'll see in chapter 11 that Jesus makes his triumphal entry to Jerusalem, in which, and we know a week later he is crucified. So at this point, the popularity of Jesus is starting to come to a, a fever pitch. It's starting to come to a climax. Bartimaeus is in the thick of that crowd who is starting to really rally behind Jesus, believing that he may be the true Messiah. Maybe this guy can free Israel from the oppression of Rome. Bartimaeus is in that kind of a crowd. In chapter 8, we have a blind man who is essentially removed, secluded, other than a few people, maybe a close friend or two, maybe his family members, who bring him outside the village to Jesus. In chapter 8, there's no real mention of the man's faith. Jesus never says, your faith has healed you, or what a, what a great believer you are. In fact, there's very little interaction between Jesus and this man at all. In chapter 8, we see that Jesus simply touches the man, heals him, and the only response, the only words we get out of this man's, this blind man's mouth are after Jesus asks, what do you see? And at which point the man says, I see people walking around like trees. At that point, Jesus touches the man again. In chapter 10 with Bartimaeus, we see that Bartimaeus has at least some concept of a, of a rich theological per perspective on Jesus, calling him the son of David, the true and right king of Israel. In chapter 8, our blind man has no true response other than the seeing, the seeing people like trees. And when Jesus completely heals him, Jesus warns him, don't go back into the village. Bartimaeus, however, throws his cloak off, is completely healed after, after a single touch from Jesus. And then it says, began to follow Jesus on the way or on the road. I think Mark is very intentional about describing what kind of a man Bartimaeus is because Bartimaeus is going to be kind of an exemplar of faith for us. And I'll explain why. But before we get to that, the question is, what are we to make of these differences? What are we to, to, to think of a man in, in chapter 8 here who is blind and needs a second touch from Jesus? Is his blindness somehow stronger or more prevalent or, or, or more real than Bartimaeus's blindness? Is that why Jesus needed a second touch? Was Jesus particularly kind of low on energy that day or, or, or grace or, or power or whatever it is that he, he, he couldn't get it all done in one touch? I would argue that, that rather than this man in chapter 8 being kind of an anomaly in the book of Mark where Jesus needs to touch a person or this person's eyes a second time for a complete healing, I would argue 
that in fact Bartimaeus may be the outlier. That this man in chapter 8 is much more in line with the rest of Mark's gospel. Because we see time and time again the people who are closest to Jesus, they, kind, they, get, they get who Jesus is in the sense that, yes, he's a rabbi. Yes, he's a teacher. Yes, he can perform miracles. At one point, Peter's even able to say he's the Christ or the Messiah. But when Jesus makes his mission as Messiah explicitly clear to the people or to his disciples, they don't get it. They bicker about bread. They argue about who's the greatest. When, when Jesus says the Son of Man must come, he has come to die, Peter rebukes him. The, the, the core, the central message, the purpose of what Jesus came to do, Peter doesn't get it. And Peter's supposed to be the insider of insiders. He's supposed to get it better than anybody. And yet he misses out. He needs to be corrected. He needs additional grace. He faithfully responds to Christ in, uh, in earlier in Mark's gospel to follow Christ. But that doesn't mean that he completely understands it. That doesn't mean that when Jesus comes to him, he fully gets it. That Jesus is going to come to die. They don't actually understand that until Jesus has died and was risen. So this man in chapter 8 who needs a second touch from Jesus. Additional grace, if you will. I don't think he's the outlier here. I think he's much more like Peter was and perhaps you and I are. In that, yes, we've experienced Jesus. Yes, we've experienced the grace of God. But that doesn't, but we're still lacking at times. We, We still don't fully understand who Jesus is. Maybe we don't understand what our purpose here is. We don't understand our identity found in Christ completely. We're still missing the point. So while Bartimaeus, on the other hand, I would say is our outlier and our exemplar, because Bartimaeus is the kind of man who cries out to Christ, experiences a healing of his eyes, and Mark, in his very Markan way, says immediately begins to follow Christ. There's no hesitancy, there's no question in this man's mind of who he ought to follow. It's Christ. And it's not just a following of this kind of good moral teacher, of this man with some great ideas about forgiveness and turning the other cheek. It's following following Jesus to his impending mission of death and resurrection. Mark's gospel is always very explicit about how Jesus has a mission. Jesus is set towards Jerusalem. Jesus has a, a journey to take. And if you want to follow Jesus, you need to follow him to his death and resurrection, to the cross. The amazing thing about Bartimaeus here in chapter 10 isn't just that he receives his sight. We shouldn't downplay that or see that as as an amazing event, but we should note that the truly miraculous thing is the fact that having never met Jesus, only having heard about him, The first time Bartimaeus encounters Jesus, he is able to completely and fully trust and follow Christ. And that is where all the miracles of Mark are supposed to take us. Whether it's giving a man his legs back, 
giving a person his sight back, curing a woman who's been bleeding for years, uh, exercising demons, whatever the miracles in Mark are, those are always secondary to what those miracles are supposed to catapult the person, the, the person receiving that grace to do, and that is to follow Christ and follow Christ to his death on the cross. That is such a powerful thing, precisely because in following Christ, he calls us not to just die and rise, not to just watch him die and rise, but to participate in Christ's death and resurrection. Christ calls us not to just be spectators of the the event that he does and the sacrifice that he makes for us, but to also die to ourselves daily in order that we may be resurrected with Christ. The, the purpose of the miracles here, the purpose of Bartimaeus' is receiving a sight is so that he can be the kind of person who would be able to follow Jesus to his death and that he would be able to die to himself, die to his, his dreams, his passions, his own personal wants, his selfish ambitions. To be able to die to those in order that you may be resurrected with Christ. In the same kind of inclusio of stories in chapters 8 through 10, where we see the feeding of the 4,000, this blind man having a, a second touch from Jesus. In chapter 9, or excuse me, in chapter 10 earlier, right before Bartimaeus is healed, we see a rich young ruler, a righteous man, come to Jesus and say, What must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? Jesus says, Have you followed the commandments? And he says, Yes, I have. Jesus says, then go sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, and then come follow me. But this rich young man leaves dejected with his face downtrodden because he knows he's a man of great wealth. And so he cannot, he cannot bear to give up his social and economic status as a wealthy man and the safety that comes with that wealth in order to follow Christ. He can't fully die to himself. He can't give it all up. And then we see Bartimaeus, this blind man, who is able to give all of himself, to die to himself completely, to be able to follow Jesus into Jerusalem, to the cross, and to his resurrection. This inclusio shows a spectrum of faith responses. Some people are healed with little to no faith, like this man in chapter 8, presumably. We see a, we see a rich young man who claims to have faith, but it's not the kind of faith that allows him to completely die to himself. And yet, and at the end of this, this, this section of, of stories, this inclusio, we see Bartimaeus who is able, after encountering Jesus, to completely throw away his old life and follow Christ. There's a, a spectrum of responses, and we shouldn't say that there's only one way to respond to Christ. Responding to Christ's great gift of grace isn't a guarantee. The man of great wealth, the rich young ruler, he's not able to say yes to Jesus. So the miracle, the miracle we see here in Bartimaeus, more than, seeing, more than receiving sight, is his ability to say yes to Jesus. To say, I will throw away, I will die to my dreams, my hopes, my ambitions in order to follow you. 
Can your faith be a catalyst for healing? Yes. Will your faith always lead to physical healing in this life? It doesn't seem that Mark's gospel presumes so. But more importantly than that, we see time and time again that in Mark's gospel, that when faith is offered, when grace from Christ is offered in faith, it is the kind of thing that allows you to follow Christ to the fulfillment of his mission, his journey to the cross in Jerusalem and his resurrection. And that faith also allows you to respond to accepting that invitation by Christ to join him in his journey to death on the cross in order to experience new life. The Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. Is that a claim that we can similarly make? sitting here this morning. Encountering Christ, have you been able to say, yes, I have been crucified with Christ. I am being crucified with Christ, continually dying to myself, forming my life in over the pattern of following Christ, which means that I'm forming my life in such a way that I'm dying to myself in order to be able to be raised up in Christ. So, my brothers and sisters, may we be the kinds of people who, like Bartimaeus, can faithfully respond to Christ's grace. Whether we receive sight or not, may we be the kinds of people who understand, who perceive, who know who Jesus is and what Jesus calls us to, as, as Bartimaeus did. Amen.